Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Welcome to the Rock of Bay County. We started today. Woohoo! Now you know that it's time to worship. I guess that's how that goes. But uh, I, I just want to—I want to draw attention to the day because it is—it's a great day, and uh, and what the message that they're singing this morning is 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 so 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 powerful. And uh, and we we built this place on one thing: have I desired of the Lord? One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek. Now this song is talking about the Father's house. And, I, and, and there's a, there can be a misconception that the Father's house is walking into church. It doesn't mean that. But at the same time, what time during the week... Do we get to come into one place, in one accord, in unity together, in the Father's house, which is within us? We have the ability to walk in this every single day, but I think there's something about us coming together, recognizing the Father's house and the moment that we're in. And so, like, I just want to draw attention. I want us to sing this song to ourselves, understand that we walk in this. This isn't just because we're in this building, and it's also because we're in this building. It says, sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. My story isn't over. My story's just begun. Failure won't define me because that's what my father does. That, That right there. Read it, take it, y'all go home. Let's go have lunch. <laughs> or breakfast. <laughs> Failure do- does not define me because that is what my father does. You know, no, like, but I don't feel like I really got this until I had my own son. So just hear it from my heart as a father. I think about the days and I speak over his life and I pray over those boys and, and that little girl and I just declare that, that not just that they're going to love Yahweh all the days of their life, but they recognize the love that he has for them. He first of loved us. And there's, there's a defining factor over, you know, it, the kingdom's always, it's, it's about entering the kingdom like a child. If we can receive the kingdom like a child. Because the child's definition is way different than ours of the father, of, of their own father. They don't have all these mistakes and things that came up and, you know, disappointments and expectations unfulfilled and all these, this junk that a lot of us carry. And so when we come into a place like this and we have the opportunity to speak about, lay our burdens down, make an exchange this morning, and I'm not going to let failures of what my expectations, what we see as failures, define me because my Father actually defines me. That's what He does. 
And my story isn't over. My story's just begun. But I, you know, I've been here for a long time. You know, I'm here to support the next generation, right? Like, that, it's their show now. No. It's not how this kingdom works. And I need you like you need me. And I need her like she needs me. And everybody in here, your story is not over. It's only just begun. And seeing that for the truth that it is will change the way that you think about what you're walking in today. Lay your burdens down here in the Father's house. Check your shame at the door because it's not welcome anymore. You're in the Father's house. <laughs> There's, gosh, this, I mean, I, I, I've been listening to this song all week, so maybe I'm in it a little more than maybe you, you are, but I... I I just think about if you were sick today. I'm talking about if you were sick in a place of that you are so diseased, like like you, you don't have many days left on this earth. It's not how Yahweh sees you. If you like completely screwed up and had to force yourself even to get to this place or be around anybody else, that's, he, it's, it, that's irrelevant to how he sees you. And it's just, you, there's a transformation that takes place when you step into the presence of Yeshua, when you step into the presence of Yahweh. There's a transformation, and He's asking us to not see the lame spirit within us or see the things that we start to feed ourselves all day throughout the week that we meditate on. Remember, meditation, does, that's natural. It's about what we put before us. We're, we're responsible for the intake. Arrival's not the end game. The journey is where you are. You never wanted perfect. You just wanted my heart. Clean hands, pure heart. Don't try to focus on the clean hands. That makes law. You focus on the pure heart, the clear heart. You won't have to worry about what you do with your hands. Because out of the abundance of the heart, everything flows from that above everything else guard your heart because everything that you do flows from it it's the wellspring of life so if i focus on this heart which is the greatest place in the world for things to hide and to stay silent because you can't visually see it and i'm responsible for it if i focus on this then my the 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 clean hands come right on out everything that i do starts to reflect what's within me So you didn't want perfect because perfect never achieves perfect. The only thing that achieves perfection is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is perfection. He makes you perfect, not the Americanized worldly view of perfect, complete. Where you're weak, he's strong. You never wanted perfect. You just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over if the story isn't good. Come on, my goodness. The story is not over if it's not good. Could you just say that to yourself in every single situation? Because that's what I've been doing. If there's something right now in my life that just hasn't panned out quite yet, it doesn't mean that's the final answer. Because it's not good. Remember, the cornerstone of our theology is that Yahweh is good. That's it. 
If that's my seat, if that's my position, I don't care about all of the other opinions and everything else that should matter or the law that I should be following, but I'm not quite following. If my seat is Yahweh is good and He loves me, no, that's too simple. There's a lot of people that can follow the law amazingly and never in their heart truly receive themselves as a son. They can love him all day long and it can be Yahweh, Yahweh. But when he comes in and says, I'm not just Yahweh. Because my son on this earth, there's not really an account of Jesus walking and saying Yahweh. Wait, no, no, listen. Yahweh's the revelation. That, that's Yahweh's... It's Yahweh. Yes. Yes. But not above Abba. But not above Daddy. And there's so many times that we can receive Yahweh and fail to receive Abba. (laughs) Yeshua walking on the earth never going... Yahweh, I really need help on this one. He said, Daddy. Because from that position, (laughs) if he's my dad, what would he withhold from me? No good thing. So, if there's something in your story that's just not quite there this morning... Man, I, I just felt this would be how this whole thing, or something's just, mm, just not quite there. Don't let the end already be here, because it's not. If the story is not good, it's not over. Failures, failure is never final when the Father is in the room. Failure's never final when the Father's in the room. I'm telling you this morning, whether you feel it, I say this all the time, but whether you feel it or not, we we based everything off of feeling. How talented the preacher is, how talented the musicians are, what they're carrying today, all that stuff. It's not about the chills. It's not about the chills. It's about the recognition and awareness that the Father is in the room, period. Period. Change the way you think this morning. The Father is in the room, so failure is not an option. Prodigals come home. The helpless find hope. Love is on the move when the Father is in the room. Prison doors fling wide. The dead come to life. Love is on the move when the Father's in the room. Miracles take place. The cynical find faith. Love is breaking through when the Father's in the room. Jericho walls are quaking. Strongholds now are shaking. Love is breaking through when the Father is in the room. Love is breaking through when the Father is in the room. In other words, nothing is impossible with Yahweh. And also, also, amen to Yahweh. Also, nothing is impossible to those who believe. There's a weight and a glory that you carry. There's a weight and a glory that you carry. And this might sound weird, but you know that Yahweh is not the hope for this planet? Christ in you is the hope of glory. 
And it's high time, my friends, that we stop bucking off this whole responsibility thing and move out of a need consciousness into a nature of God consciousness, into sonship, into into one that doesn't say, Yahweh God, I got all these needs and these burdens and I'm anxious and I got this and I got that and I got this and stop, start just saying, you know what? I, I might, that might be true, but what I'm gonna step into is Yahweh, you're good. And in that seat, everything else is good. And I'm gonna walk as a son because if I don't, hope is starting to go away here in this planet. Hope didn't happen. We didn't get close to the kingdom because Nancy Pelosi ripped up papers. And if our standard of righteousness is that Donald Trump is in office, our standard of righteousness, there's something off. I love, I'm, listen to me. You want to just be okay with me? If, that, if, if anybody is too offended by that statement, I voted for Donald Trump. Okay? That'll give me, but I, I, I don't really care. To be completely honest with you. Because Donald Trump's not going to stop the coronavirus. Donald Trump is not going to stop hate. Donald Trump is not going to bring the kingdom of Yahweh to this earth. It's not, that's not him and it's not his responsibility. I hope he does a great things in office, whatever. I hope if whoever's in office, I hope they do a great thing in office, all that stuff. That's great, wonderful. But I'm not going to spend my life subjected to an inferior government and saying like, man, well, the kingdom's closer because... <laughs> See how she's crying about it on TV? Man, what's the mark of a son anyways? Ones that pray for their enemies. How are we going to sit there and say, See? Look at the manifestation of the glory of Yahweh in this country. The glory is going to happen. When we walk by someone and their life has changed. Mm -hmm. The glory is going to happen when you step by someone, you walk into a room and someone says, who, who are you? What? I've never felt anything like that before Mm. because there's. There's a radiance coming off of you and the life that you're living from being saturated in the presence of Yahweh instead of spending all of our time relying on the inferior government or seeing things, all these little cues to come into place. (laughs) Change the way you think for the kingdom is right here at hand. That's what he starts with. And then you know what he tells his disciples to do? Heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. Let your peace rest upon homes. He didn't say that the kingdom is at hand. So expect the governmental thing on earth to change. He didn't say the kingdom is at hand. So expect your situation to change. In fact, we've talked so much about the whole thing of really what led to the, 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 the garden experience of the disciples falling asleep was it says that they fell asleep from their sorrow. But what it started with, with was unfulfilled expectations. Who was Yeshua to them when they were walking with him? I mean, they left everything. They left everything because they believed that this man had something in him that was going to destroy this terrible rule over Israel and restore a government 
that would change everything and put them back on top. And then he starts making these statements of, hey, I'm, I will be crucified. I'm leaving. I'm going to be gone. Uh, you will be crucified as well. Uh, this is how this thing's going to go. And they're like, what? No, 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 no. That, that's not, no, that's not what's going to happen, Yeshua. But that's exactly what is going to happen. And he says, he keeps saying to them, don't, don't lose heart. Stay with me. Stay locked in. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Just understand what I'm saying. Don't lose heart. Let not your heart be troubled. So many times he said that, but they couldn't see it for what it was. There was an unfulfilled expectation of who he was and what he would do. It caused them in a time where he said to pray, pray, don't fall into temptation, pray, pray. They're not in temptation in the sense that their eyes are wandering in the garden or, you know, they, they, you know, they went and got a whole keg and they're over here, you know, trying to drink while Yeshua is over here praying. That's not the whole thing. Those are all this, it, it, what were they falling into temptation of? Perspective. It's a perspective shift. He said, don't fall into temptation. Don't fall asleep to this. Be aware of what I'm doing right now and what I've put on you. But what that sorrow caused them to do is fall asleep and ultimately deny Yeshua, the man that they walked with, the man that they believed in. No one was there during the crucifixion, except for maybe John, like I say, by his own account. But Yeshua comes in and changes everything in in one encounter. One encounter changes everything about the way that they think to a degree to a degree that they willingly give up their lives for this man. They were running from this. Now they run to this. Undeniable. I, uh, Miss Shirley's not here. And I, and I, is she? She's sick. Well, we speak healing over her. I know a lot of people are sick. I always say that I feel like if you're here uh, during this time of year, then you're a survivor. Because it is, it's, you know, it's brutal. Um, but I, I want to recognize a moment. I, ben, ben has been talking um, to me this past week about how he's, he's gone back and listened to uh, probably the last two months of, of just revelation that's coming out of this house and, and that, that Holy Spirit's been faithful to give us. And all the things they say, he said, man, I can't get past the fact that I see Everything that you have been saying, that I've been saying, that Eva said, that others have said in this house, I can't help but, but, but see this unto this next weekend. When, when, when Apostle Damon comes and brings his, his crew here. And I think it's human nature for us to, to miss significance, the significance of a moment. And to just put it in a category, especially if we don't understand it. And I feel this, this is morning, really this whole week of that really what I want to do this morning is just draw attention and wait to what I feel Yahweh is doing here, but for this next weekend and make sure that our hearts, remember when we were leading up to the tree thing and the tree planting, I had the word about that we need to, uh, like Joshua, we need to sanctify ourselves, which means just to set ourselves apart. 
for Yahweh's going to do something wondrous in our midst. I, uh, there was a significant moment that happened recently. Um, I had come back, Eva was speaking, this was a few weeks ago, Eva was speaking and I was, uh, I had just come back from eye surgery just to come in and hear her speak and be in the back and I had forgotten my eye drops, I mean I was like, I was not feeling great back there and I'm back in sunglasses in the back and it's just, it was rough but I really wanted to be here for her and, um, and right when she finished I turned around and walked out the door because I was like I get back and get my eye drops and um, I got about to my truck, and I get a text from my brother-in-law, Derek, back there. And he said, Miss Shirley's speaking about you. Now, my doctors told me, no physical activity. Do not run. Don't work out. Don't do any of that. I was like, I don't do those things anyways. But, um, <laughs> but in that moment, in that moment, I turned around, and I sprinted back here. Because, two reasons. One, because I think that anything that Shirley Ball has to say is gold. Just from like a natural and spiritual perspective, but I did, she has such a thing. Not in, uh, Listen to me. Not because she's Apostle's wife. And because she is Apostle's wife, but because of she is Shirley Ball. And she has such a glory and weight and has proven herself time and time again. And she has an authority that she speaks with. She has a presence that she carries. It's, it, it's, it's amazing. So that's maybe the first step. And then secondly, I could feel a significance, not just because it was about me. And he said, hey, she's talking about you. You know, honestly, if you really knew me, typically I would have just got back in the truck and been like, I'll watch that on live stream. I'm scared. <laughs> Um, but because I don't like those moments, I don't like, I don't, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't like things to be about me. I really just, I, I hate that feeling. I don't, and a lot of us are like that. Like we don't want to be in the spotlight. Some people are just like, look at me. Um, but so I run back here and I, and I walk in just in time to hear her say, if there's ever been a question, Mark is the man. And I know some of y'all are thinking, what about a dash of humility, Mark? Why are you talking about this right now? <laughs> well, I love, I love that uh, Apostle Damon just recently, he was talking, someone else said this, but he referenced this. He says that humility is coming into agreement with how Yahweh sees you. Yes. Yeah. And so we always have this fake humility of like, well, you know, I'm not that. <laughs> you, though, you are great. You're awesome. And Yahweh's over here. If you could ever walk in the confidence of who you are as a son, then people might actually follow what you're doing and see something on you. And there was something, I can't explain it, because I honestly knew, I already knew, and maybe it was just that that I just uh, assumed, but I knew that Miss Shirley was with me and for me and believed in me and us, and if nothing else, by the pr- her presence when she's here. I mean, that, I, that's all I really felt like I needed. But there's something about something that is released by the declaration of your voice, 
We talk so much about how, like, I just was saying, like, it's, it's Yahweh. Yahweh's response. But he gave us authority that we are to bring heaven to earth. Not, not that we, this turns into heaven. And Yeshua comes and everything just transforms. In it. No, he says that heaven would come to earth, that we would operate as if heaven, like we would be a connection, that we would bring the, heavenly, the, 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 the way heaven works here on earth. And that doesn't come by Yahweh. He, can he? Does he? Sometimes do that and things happen? Yes. But then there's a responsibility of, of a son. And when, when Miss Shirley made this declaration, what, did you, that day, like, I wasn't even speaking. What was the point in her saying that? But there is something significant about that moment for this family, for where we're at, where she released something. Now, could I walk in what I'm supposed to walk into because Yahweh told me that he called me to this place? 100%. I have been. But I believe when she said that, she released, uh, uh, she had a key that she released in authority that added a grace, that added a confidence, that added every single thing that we need as, as leaders, but as we need as a family to step into the next glory. And that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I'm, you know me, I'm not trying to sit up here and talk impractical and it's like the next glory and guess what the next big thing is. You know that's not me because look on the back wall. But there was something significant about that moment that is making way for the significance of this next weekend. Apostle Paul himself, you can correct me on how he said this, but Apostle, while he was here, always had this thing about Damon Thompson. He would invite Damon, and Apostle usually would speak. <laughs> so I don't even know if he really got the chance to speak here back in the day. But Damon was, Damon was a, a church Christian celebrity back then. That's how he saw himself, and he hates that today because he's turned into a father and seen the significance of, of who he is and what, he's, what he brings. But Apostle Paul always saw something in Damon, and he would call him things like, I know he, he would say, I know he has a voice here. I believe Damon's a prophet to the rock. And he, he has something, there's some, something about his voice here. And he'd always say, from what I hear, it was almost frustrating to him. He never could get it. He never got an agreement with Damon. They didn't, they, they kind of clashed. It was just weird. But he just knew, and he kept coming back to it, what, what Ben was talking about. And again, I know I'm rambling. I know I'm going to be up here rambling, and that's what it's at. We have a lot of out-of-town people, the nieces, George, Mariah. They're, uh, they're getting married soon. They have their shower. Excited to have them. It's great to have uh, Kyle and Elizabeth and their kids, my little sister, Sarah Beth. Stone Skinner's back from Colorado. It's great to have all of you here, and I see my, my bud Adam Burdishaw back there, so it's good to see him. Zach Sanchez made it to church today, so that's good. Yes, yes, amen, amen. I don't know, I literally have no idea why I pick on Zach. I say something about him, because really I love him more than I love all of you except for Eva, so. Um, anyways, uh, but, but I say that, like, this might... I, I, you might not have come on the right Sunday because really 
This is so much unto next weekend, but it's not about the words I say, it's about the presence I carry. I I talk about that a lot. So just receive hope, receive this, receive what we have. Uh, But what Ben was talking about, and when he said that I feel like all this revelation is unto this next weekend, I started to think about, you're right, but what like what kinds of things? And I just keep going back to, we've talked about the mind and changing the way that we think. And we stop there a lot of times, change the way you think. That means that like whenever we talk about that, we're talking about repent for the kingdom of Yahweh is at hand, which means it's near, which means it's within reach is really what that translation means. And repent is not, I'm sorry, repent is metanoia, which means to change the way that you think. There is a part of repentance that's turn 180 degrees and go the other way, but ultimately it's change the way that you think. Change your perspective of this whole situation. For the kingdom of Yahweh is at hand. And if the kingdom of Yahweh is at hand, you can't keep thinking the same way that you think. But if we're going to change the way we think, we ought to know that it's also going to be a snowball in the fact that we're going to have to change the way we act, change the way we respond change the way we planned, change the way we approach relationships, change the way we approach these moments, change the way we approach our every single, every day. Everything that we do has got to change if we're changing the way that we think. And it's evident to me that we have such an obvious self-diagnosis kit within us. We talked about the blessed man. Blessed is the man who walks on in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of Yahweh, and in that law he meditates day and night. I have so much thought about all throughout, do, you know, how do I not sit in the seat of the scornful? Because that's an area that we all have difficulty in. Sitting in the seat of the scornful, talking about someone else, talking about how, the, you know, speaking really death to certain situations, and it starts to feed us. And we never get to that place of not sitting in the seat of the scornful by focusing on not sitting in the seat of the scornful. Just like we don't ever get clean hands by focusing on doing something that makes our hands clean. The focus is that part, the first part of that is just self-diagnosis. Am I sitting in that seat of the scornful? Do I stand in the path of sinners? Do I follow ungodliness? Is that something that attracts me? And if so, it's not meant to condemn and say, God, well, not the blessed man. He meditates on the law of life in Yahweh day and night. From that standpoint, because he, his, he delights in that law, which is to be pliable and to shape himself and everything that he does into the law of Yahweh, he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water and everything that he does will prosper. But it's not because he focused on not uh, on his clean hands law or not sitting in the seat of the scornful. It's because he meditated on the law of Yahweh day and night. So I, so I feel, I, I went to North Carolina uh, this past weekend. And I want to explain to us kind of what's going on there uh, and hopefully try to add some weight to it. Really, I can't. I feel like a responsibility to, to, to just say, hey, hey, wake up. Because I, if, if you, it doesn't mean if you don't come next weekend or you're not in the mi- right mindset that you're going to be, you know, cursed and you're not going to make it and all this. Yahweh loves you and there's, there's greatness in you and you are saved and everything's good. 
I'm just saying that as a part of this family, there is an opportunity being presented to us to receive so much more than we've ever received before. Damon Thompson is carrying something that I have never, ever, ever, ever experienced before. And it's gone to a degree that I am absolutely this entire week been messed up since I got back from North Carolina. In the way I think. And I thought that I was already there. Because I've been pretty messed up. But I get to North Carolina. What's happening in North Carolina? North, Damon's ministry is in South Carolina. Saluda, South Carolina. And you know that every month I've gone, or we try to go, Eva and I will go um, to uh, Saluda for the, what they call Carolina revivals, which it's not really a revival. Revival would put in your mind that it's like, you know, we're salvation, everybody come all, let's heal the lost or let's save the lost, all that. I'm not saying that some of that stuff can't happen and does happen in there, but really what they've come to a place of is renewal. And, and what I mean by that is you've got a, a group of people. Revival would mean like coming from death to life. But they've gotten to a place now that as sons, they're just in a place of renewal, a renewing of their mind. And there's, just, there's something about their gathering. There's something about what, what's happening there in uh, South Carolina. And we've gone, and it's been impactful. I've shared some of that with you. It's been great. But they started December, I think, 26th. They, they, I think during Christmas time, New Year's, they always have gone to one of Damon's son's place. His name's Bryn Waddell, and he's in Kannapolis, North Carolina. They'll go there, and, uh, and they have these Carolina revivals there. Well, they started off on a three-day deal, which is typically what it is. It's a Friday, Saturday, and then night, and then a Sunday morning. Um, and they started on the 26th, and they went the 27th and 28th and then 29th, and then 30th. And Yahweh started to move in such a degree, in such a way that even Damon, who has been doing the same thing over and over and has experienced stuff and crazy revelation, there was such a move of the Spirit there that they, there wasn't a bunch of people leaving. Everybody was coming back and being a part of this thing to the point that he knew that people's lives were basically getting messed up and they were leaving work and different. And he said, we're going to go home for two days, get our affairs in order and come back here. They went a whole nother three days, I think. Then he stopped and said, go home for two weeks and we're coming right back here. And these are people with little kids and it's wild, but they were all responding to what they knew was the move of the spirit there. I, I think it might have been you or you or you. One, some, one of y'all told me that back in the day there was some kind of big revival meeting or some kind of, and you were driving to go, was this, you were driving to go to this meeting and when you got close to the grounds, you started to feel that, was this one of you guys? No. It was Jesus 78. There we go. Um, <laughs> But, but, there, but, but as you drove to the grounds, when you got there, you started to feel the presence move. And see, because we have, this comes into that wild game talk that, we, that I've said so much, right? Like some of you are going to sit here and most people, a lot of people sit there and go, okay, yeah. But because church is not, it, it's, it's become this, 
you know, commercialized, like processed food that just, it, this is what we've learned that, that tastes good. I need to come in and feel good about, you know, things in my life and praise Yahweh. And maybe somebody will prophesy over me. Maybe I'll get a declaration. Maybe somebody will read my mail and make me feel good and it'll be crazy and everything else. And that means that service was good. But it needs to be quick. Otherwise, we're going to get mad at the server. And it needs to taste like what I've tasted all along. Because that's what I hunger for. People say that it's really hard to to initially eat wild game. Because it has such a, a strong, unique taste to it. Doesn't taste like what we've tasted. I don't care about your organic beef, whatever. It does not taste the same way. But it was the original. But it's, it's what's wild. Bill Johnson does, uses this analogy of, um, of he said that he was, he was talking to this man of faith, and he was so excited building this new building. He was asking the guys, like, please let me do so. I just want to be a part of the building process. I know I know nothing. Finally, guy said, okay, listen, we need these boards cut, so if you want to after work, you can cut all these boards to six feet in length. There's like a 100 of them. So he was pumped. He goes, let's do this. And he's measured it out, cut the board, cut the next board. He gets, the, he gets those, and he uses them as a template, like we'll, you'll do when you set, set it on, marks it. Cuts it, sets it, marks it, cuts it, gets through a hundred boards. The problem is, is that after a hundred boards, some of those ones that were supposed to be six feet in length, they're actually like nine feet in length. But we so often measure our success based on the previous generation, the previous thing that happened, the previous move of Yahweh, instead of going back to the original which is Christ in us, that things should have, that we, he said to change the way that we think, that we should raise the dead, (laughs) that we should heal the sick. Just because I don't, I have not physically raised the dead person does not change the call. It's not about my ability. It's about waking up to the fact that I am a son and that I do walk with the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. It is is the truth that Christ is within me, that the kingdom is within me, that he is my father, that he is Abba, not just Yahweh. Those are truths. Where was I? Somebody help me. Y'all have to be involved during these rambling sessions. Yeah, I was in North Carolina. That's where I was. And um, so, so, we're, so we're in North Carolina. We'll go. Yeah, we're so, cutting boards. That's where I was. It's true. Finished that point. Now I'm going back to North Carolina. So I'm in North Carolina. What's happening there? The, there there's such a crazy move of the Spirit going on. He's sent people home. And I'm watching this on the live stream thing. And I'm sitting there as a you know, as, as really a son of Damon Thompson. I, I don't know that I've publicly said this kind of stuff, and if it offends you, it offends you. <laughs> Get over it. Uh, 
Damon Thompson, for me, is an apostle. I, apostle Ball is my apostle, right? But as I stepped into a place of leadership, Damon Thompson became my apostle. He's, he's not just an apostle in the sense of what we've always known it to be in some ways. It's a new age thing. He's more like it would be probably more appropriate, appropriate for me to call him father, to call him, uh, you know, some of his actual spiritual sons call him Papa D. Because he's, he's, he's so much more about instead of there being like this, this is how you do, this is how you do it, is you got it. You are loved. You're a son. If you need anything, I got you. And, and, he, and, he, and he's been this for me. And for this house, Damon Thompson is a covering. In a time where I stepped into this thing, we had no idea, absolutely no idea, except for, hey, we're called, which is all we need by the Spirit. But in the natural, it really, really, really helps to have someone of his caliber come in and say, man, I'm, I'm here for you. And you know what it really took for me for that to happen is because he, he was kind of like, he came in and I'll talk, maybe I'll get into how he came about and all that stuff. But, but when he came in, it was just like a, it was like he was told like, okay, you know, really, this is how we kind of need you. And, you know, he was kind of, he operated in that. And there was this one day that I just, I got sick of all of it. And I just called him. I said, I said, Damon, I don't know what you are or who I am. I don't know how this whole thing is supposed to look. And I'm just, I, all, I, all I know is I want to answer the call of Yahweh on my life. And I want to walk in rightness and, and I, I'm righteousness. And I just want to do this thing however you're calling me to do it. I, I don't know what to do. And he said, from this point on, you're a son to me. And it offended me. I was in tears. I was upset because I, I've been a son. I've done that. You know, I don't need, you know, and I had to deal with all that stuff and say, you know what I need is this man that Yahweh put in my life. That's what I need. From the moment I start, I'll get into it. I'll just say it. We're rambling. We're good. Y'all okay? When I, when I first, this whole thing, if I can go back to the impetus of all of this starting, I was in, I don't know that I've ever, I've never really dealt with depression in my life. Thank Yahweh. And I, I know that's a difficult thing so many people do deal with in this time. But I was the closest to it that I've ever been in a time that was great. I just had my son. Evan and I had bought a house. We were married. Things are great. And something happened. To, something started to die on the inside of me, and I couldn't control it. I wasn't myself. I was, I was and this is, this is not that long ago, by the way. Uh, I was in a really, really bad spot, spiritually and mentally. And I didn't know how to really make sense of all of it. And I, there was even a moment, I've said this before, I've shared it before, but Eva was in a good place and she was praying the spirit around the house. And I don't even remember this, okay? <laughs> Doesn't mean it didn't happen, but I just, I'm just putting it out there that I don't remember this. But there was a moment she told me that I came up to her. She was singing in the spirit in the house, and I told her, please don't do that anymore. Please stop. And I, like, I like seriously must have been, like, blacked out because I have no idea that I, I – but that was what I carried. And there was this moment where 
I, I like didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to, how, to, how to fix this whole thing. I was just mad. I don't know why. I, I genuinely have no idea why. And there was, I remember, uh, I remember that, um, okay. Ben, you a little mad too? Uh, I remember I, that Mike LaMonica was speaking on a Wednesday night. And I didn't want to go. I actually was manning the camera. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to do that tonight. And I sat back there. And my camera battery died, and I still sat back there and pretended that I was filming because I just did not want to be connected. But Mike started to talk about being a son. He said, if a, if a, if a son asks for bread, would the father give him a stone? And I was like, heard it. I got gotcha. you. Let's go. And he said, no, I said, if a son asks for bread. Are you assuming sonship or are you a son? Are you convinced? Damon says we need to be convinced more than we need to be convicted. Are you convinced that you're a son? And I was back behind this camera with my head down. And I was like, oh, my God. Something just started to come alive in me. And I could feel it. And I was offended by it. And I was frustrated by it. And I did not know what was going on within me. But from that, some kind of seed was planted in my heart, and I was driving down the road. I would try to drive to work, and I had, I'm not joking about this, and I'm not like this. I was on 231, and I had to pull over on the side of the road because I could not see the road because of the tears in my eyes. There was an encounter, and I say it like this so many times, it's as if Yeshua was sitting next to me in my car. That's how much I felt it. And I couldn't keep myself together. And I didn't, it was, it was, I mean, it was a dangerous situation. Because I couldn't stop crying like a little baby. And I didn't, it wasn't because I turned on some worship song that just got me and it just, there was some move. It was just something that Yeshua stepped in and started to do something inside of my heart that changed me forever. I, 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 you would not, if you, if you haven't talked to me in a while, I think about this all the time with like high school friends or people I've like, they would look at me and say, what? You do what? No way. Not because I was this crazy, but it just wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't how I talked. It wasn't who I was. Yeshua started to do something crazy in my heart in this moment that started to change everything. And I had encounter after encounter after encounter after encounter and it's not some spooky weird spiritual thing it was just reality of what was going on i was sensitive to the to everything that was around me in the kingdom in the spirit everything going on and i had i remember i had this crazy encounter i've never had anything like it that was so real that i told eva i was like it's it's more real than than what i physically feel right here where I had an encounter with my grandfather who is not physically here. And uh, I, was, I was like just done over here. Just they were having some prayer and there was probably like three people just having their typical prayer meeting and I just decided to walk in and I'm on the ground just, t- people were coming up to me like trying to pray and, and hold me because they thought like I, something was really, really wrong with me. And I was having this crazy encounter and I remember Apostle Aaron came not that long later, and he asked me to share a testimony of that. I was like, all right. So I get up there, and I share this testimony. It was this big, crazy thing that happened in the house all together. And if you weren't there, then you won't really, it's hard for me to explain it. But it was this moment, and I came down, and things started to just happen that day. And uh, 
I remember Apostle Aaron came up to me and he said, what, what is it that you're hearing right now? And I was scared to tell him because for some reason, and I'm, I, 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 could, I don't need to, to preface this. I hope you guys trust me, but I'm going to say, like, I I'm absolutely would not say this if it weren't true. And I, I knew Damon from way back when. When I was like a little kid, I think we went, you know, we went hunting or camping with him or something like that. And, and I knew who he was and I knew Apostle Aaron had some relationship with him. But the only, the last thing I heard about him was that they weren't in this great relationship. And I knew Apostle kind of had some things with like, what is Damon doing? And it was just this whole thing. I didn't think of him like anybody thought of him in a good light. But when I came off of that platform that day, the only name, the only thing I could hear in my spirit was Damon Thompson. Damon Thompson. Damon Thompson. And I'm like, that is so weird because it has nothing to do with anything. And right then, Apostle Aaron comes up to me, who is Damon's spiritual father, and says, what are you hearing right now? And I said, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Or as Leo says when he gets mad, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. And I said, nothing. And Eva could tell you it's probably one of her more frustrating times with me is for the past, the next two months, I would bring Damon Thompson. I'd be like, oh, you remember, I, I cannot escape this guy's m- name. It's weird. Am I lying? No, she was very irritated with me. She was like, we'll do something about it. I was like, I know, but I just, I don't know what to do. I just keep hearing it. And we were in Amavita, I think. And she said, and I said it again. She said, go outside and call Apostle Aaron right now and tell him this and stop telling me this. It's like, yes, ma'am. So I go outside and I call Apostle Aaron and I was scared to tell him. I said, you know, back when you asked me what I was hearing that day, I said the only thing I could hear was the name Damon Thompson. And I don't know where, I know, I don't know where your relationship is. And I was trying to make all these excuses. Mark, will you stop for a second? I'm on my way to South Carolina right now to seat him as an apostle. I'm literally in the car right now driving there to seat him as a father. This is before any of this stuff. He said, I want you to start listening to him. He has a podcast. I want you to start listening to him. And in this time that I was, I was driving and I was in tears and all this, Yeshua was giving me these like revelations and things that just didn't seem to fit in the moment that we were in, but I would write them down. I was just faithful to write them down. And all of a sudden, I start listening to Damon, and I could have taken my notes out and followed along with what he was saying. And it was, and, 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 and it was this permission to hear things that I was hearing, to speak things that I was, I, was, I was feeling. And from that moment, he brought this man into my life. And so there's been multiple times throughout this whole walk that I've gone back and felt weird about like, I don't want to go to South Carolina. I don't want to do this. I need to be here. I can't just keep like leaving. I can't like, I, this is, this is my responsibility. And I'm just, I go and I go because that's where I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be joined in some way. So I say all of that to say that him coming, let me tell you, there, I went, I, I was in North Carolina. Remember I said that. So North Carolina, real quick, I went into, I go to North Carolina. The first night was, it was wild. At the end of the night, I'm sitting there and there's such a crazy mood. And I have, I've been wanting to go. I couldn't go every single time I was, I try, actually Ben went the last time 
and it, I was supposed, I had a flight and everything to go with him, but I had just gotten eye surgery, and I was like, I'm going to go. Even if I have sunglasses on, I'll be fine, and I was throwing up that day, and there was no way I was going. So Ben went, but then I, so this time that I got to go, that first night, I'm sitting in there, and I'm just like, golly, I get just a tangible feel, and this is a huge building, bigger than that one over there, and it's packed out. And uh, Damon speaks a, a, a message that was just incredible anyways, but, he, but there was just, it was more about just being there. And I, and I stepped into this, uh, I, there was at the very end, he had this, this thing, he just said, I feel it strong in my heart that there is, he went through a few things, but he said, I feel like there's someone in here uh, right now, and this isn't something that he typically does. He said, I want everybody to get out of the way. He said, I feel like I know who it is but I feel like there's someone in this room that is, is considering suicide, has been toying with the idea of suicide. And, you know, we're all like, God, like, don't, what, this is, it's one of those things, the wild game thing. What are we in this for? What's the taste? What did we come to hear? What did we come to see? And all of a sudden, this young boy steps out. And this little girl and uh, they step out and I don't know why because like I even though I know that Damon is is like a father to me an apostle to me I I it's real weird. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, the, most of the guys that walk with him have walked with him forever. And I'm not, they're all bearded and, like, manly. And I'm, like, this little kid who have been growing this since I was 12. I just don't fit. But the next thing I know, I'm up, I'm standing. I don't even know how I got up here, completely honest with you. I'm standing up here with all these men. And, and I'm like, I need to get back to my seat because I'm looking at hundreds and hundreds of people in this place and cameras and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is weird. I, I don't know why I'm up here. And I get down with this boy and I'm praying over him. And some of these women are praying over this girl. And, uh, and he's just sobbing uncontrollably. Just, it, you can feel the depression and everything coming off of him. And he's like wailing and just, you know, just in just in a fit, and, and I just was, we just prayed, I didn't really know what to do, I felt awkward, I didn't know how to handle it, I just, and I just, I just stayed, I stayed there, and I just kept praying, and I got up, and I, afterwards, and he was still on the ground, and, and he was still kind of, and there was a couple people that were, you know, praying over him, and you could tell he felt like, okay, it's time to get up, I, I gotta get up, I don't, you know, I don't know if I feel any different, and Damon hugs him, and he, and I'd already gone by, like, the service was over, and people are hugging, and I, Hugged a couple people and I was like, all right, I'm going to head out. And I turned around and I see this boy fall out of, oh, God. I see this boy fall out of Apostle's arms, back onto the ground. And he's trying to pray in tongues, I think. But he's just rambling and saying all these things in such an anxious, like, like real weird way. And I went up to him and I, and I just, I felt this, I just grabbed his hand and nobody else was around and I just got down on my knee and Yahweh reminded me of what he brought here. And he said, you shush that boy, put him to sleep. 
And I got down on one knee and I just got in his ear and I just said, shh, shh. And if you've been here at all, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm shushing this boy. I'm just saying, shh. And I'm holding his hand. And I don't know how long I was there, but it felt like a while. And I can hear his breathing. Just He was straight up asleep. Like I can tell with my boys when I put them to sleep and I'm, I have to, you know, Leo wants me to lay with him. And it's like you're waiting to make sure it's the right time to get up. And their breathing changes from like, you know, a lot of times they'll trick me and I'll be like, I'm like, Daddy? I'm like, oh, God. But there's a... There, 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 there's two different ways with Frank it's always been Frank starts to twitch when he's asleep I know he's asleep Leo his, his breathing changes from like breathing like he's ready to go to like all of a sudden and this boy's breathing just changed and there was such a peace and a rest that came over his body and I knew that he was asleep and I was sitting there toying with the idea of, well, like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, there's still a lot of people here. My leg's kind of hurting. Like, have I done what I'm supposed to do? And, and Yahweh said, you put my son to sleep. Just like you would put your boy to sleep. Leave him. So I leaned down and I kissed that boy on his head. He was there the next two nights. I didn't talk to him. But he was jumping and spinning and rejoicing in such an amazing way. And I, and I realized that this changing the way we think has got to change the way we act and respond. And we have to come to a place where we say, I'll do it. I I will. As a son, I, let me be that one. The next night was completely different because I got completely, completely offended, and I have no idea why. I thought, man, this is it. I'm here. I did what I was supposed to do. And then there was something about the actual presence in that place that brought offense to my very being to the point that I'm not joking. I thought about while Damon was speaking, getting up and leaving. I'm confusing the mess out of y'all. But this is, this is exactly where I'm at this morning of, of, of why I want to prepare us. There is anything that can be shaken will be shaken. When you come into the presence of Yeshua, when something is actually that tangible, offense, see, if you're, if you're seated as a son, this is why we have got to come against the spirit of the nomad. They sang this song, I'm not going anywhere so I can go anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. From that place, I can go anywhere. Spirit of the Nomad releases you to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do, however you want to do it, and hide behind this idea that you're okay because, you know, Christ is in you. But if anything ever offends you, I promise you, you will get up and leave. 
And a lot of times the only way things change is through offense. So there has to come, you have to find a people, you have to find a place. It's not about church, right? It's not about that. But I challenge you to find, I don't care if it's here. I hope it's here because I love you guys. I want you to be here. But it's got to be a place where you say, man, I feel a presence to a degree that I, something in me wants to get up and run right now. But because I've made a choice to sit here and to stay and to be a part, I'm going to let my very being get offended. And as I started to get up, and I'm not kidding, I had my booty off the chair. And I had already gone through the process of the excuse I would make and how I could justify this and everything else. Yahweh said, remember that day when you came off that platform and whose name I said. And I sat back in that chair and I let every single offense, everything that I was dealing with come to the surface and get dealt with. And from that moment, I have not been the same. And I don't mean just in the, in the sense of like, now I'm just a new man. and every, I'm talking about mentally something has shifted in me to the most crazy degree that I am not the same person I was yesterday. And it's just this crazy, crazy, crazy cycle. And I know that this moment next weekend is huge for this house. I think it's huge for Damon and he doesn't even quite know it completely. And I feel that today, I'm sorry, this might not be podcast worthy. And for everybody that came, like I said, uh, you know, from out of town or whatever else, uh, I, I hope there's something that you receive from this. But this is for us today. This is for us. We need to, we need to come into a place this week. And if there's, uh, there's a lot of people out today. If they're, go, if they're a part of this house, I challenge us to get on the phone with them and say, listen, listen, I don't know why, but we need to be here. My, my, uh, my grandfather called when Apostle was going to be completely voted out of, this, out, of, out of this place. My grandfather called, I think it was my uncle who was working on the railroad. I might have this a little off, but this is how it was told to me. He called him and he said, listen, you need to change your shift. You need to do whatever you can. I feel like you need to be in this place tonight. So he came and Apostle from what I hear, made it by one single vote. And is the reason we're standing here today. And let me tell you what Damon said. The last day that we were there, he talked about coming here in two weeks. He's, he's sending everybody home. He said, I'm sending everybody home again for two weeks. And then we'll come back here in two weeks. But in that time, February 15th and 16th, we're going to be in Panama City. And he said, I didn't understand the significance of it until now, but I can't think of a better way to honor the move of the Spirit and what Yahweh is doing in the lives that are being changed, changed than going back to the original. Going back to where F. Nolan Ball started this thing. And I don't care what your opinion is about him. I don't care what things have changed. I don't care what you see in anything else. The reason that you, whether you know it or not, are sitting in this room today was because he made the choice to change the way that he was going to think. And surely made the choice to change the way that they thought about religion and everything else. And today, that is so contrary to who we are now because, though, he decided to be contrary to what he was then.
But Damon recognizes that. And in front of all of those people and everything, he said, I'm going back to the original to honor what Yahweh started. And that's us. And that's this land and this building we're in now. It might look completely different, but this is, this, that, that, that's, that's this. This is that. And I, and I encourage you uh, that if, if you have plans, change them, rearrange them, be here. And I, and I challenge you this week to be in prayer over this moment, be in prayer over this house, be in prayer over Apostle Damon. There's a lot of people that are going to be coming with him. I don't know how much. It might not be this huge group, and it might be. I know at least three of his sons that are coming and saying, I absolutely won't miss it. And when, we're, when I was walking out the door uh, in North Carolina, they just hugged me and said, we're going to be there, and we can't wait. I had one guy who I didn't even know. I was sitting there waiting for this uh, bus to come through because there was nowhere to park. So we had to park in a stadium thing and come back. And... Uh, he stopped me and he said, hey, I'm Luke. And he said, you're the pastor in Panama City. I said, yeah. He said, we, we want to come so bad. We really want to be there so bad. It just, we, we already have something. And, you know, and I was like, oh, man, don't worry about it. We love you guys. Thank you so much. His wife came over. By the time the conversation was ended, they're coming to Panama City. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of people rearranging their schedules just to be here, just to be a part, to, to join in with the worship. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to, but I want us to prepare our hearts because we have got to come to a place that we are not just, just allow offense to come. If there's something, if it's wild, it tastes weird, it's different. If the services are going a long time and, you know, good Lord. Like even here, like we can't talk about Christ in us, the hope of glory and all this stuff. And we come into a place where all we're doing is worshiping Yahweh through everything that we're doing in this place is, is worshiping and unto him. And the one thing, whether it's a message or singing or praying or whatever it might be, and we are sitting here waiting for lunch to come. We're not going anywhere with that. Think about the men that, the disciples that Yeshua walked by and said, hey, follow me. Whoa, 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 dude. Like, <laughs> kind of have this thing, this like fish thing going on with my dad. I like, can't make that happen. Follow me. And they saw in the, the fire in that man's eyes and they said, I'll drop it all. I'll follow you anywhere. And I feel like there's an invitation to follow him anywhere. In our hearts to say, I'm, this isn't church. This isn't church. There's a lot of churches in Bay County and I bless them and love them and they have, there's, they're essential and needed, but we're called to something different. Doesn't mean we're better. Doesn't mean anything. We're called to something different and we have got to change the way we think. We've got to change what we're hungry for. We've got to change the structure of our life. We have to change what we put in front of us daily. We've got to change what we're feeding on. We've got to change the way that we plan for our future, what things we have coming up and how that looks and how does it affect what Yahweh is speaking in my life today. When's the last time you heard the fresh word of Yahweh for your life? I don't care who you are, there's nobody that can hear the word of Yahweh for you like you can. Anybody tries to tell you different, they're wrong. Doesn't mean you don't listen to people. Doesn't mean Yahweh can't speak through people or speak through situations. But you have got to come to the place. I've got to come to a place where his word is the word for my life. 
There can be a corporate word for the people and direction, stuff like that. But if you leave here and that's the only word you follow throughout the week and everything else, then you're missing it. You have to come into a place of communion and intimacy with Abba, the Father, and say, what do you have for me and my family? Let him speak to you a fresh word every single day. His mercies are new every morning, but we have to go get them. Our steps are ordered, but we have to step, step and take those steps. There's a responsibility. There is a responsibility for us to respond correctly. I don't know what I said. Is that okay? We good? Can we check that off as a sermon? Good. Uh, y'all have to clap. That makes it more awkward. Like, oh, clap for him. You did a good job. No, I, uh, I, I praise Yahweh. I'm, I'm confident enough to know that I, what I have to do here is to deliver what Holy Spirit put in my heart. Whatever, whatever that sounds like, that's what I'm going to do. I leave my office every day saying, whatever, however, whenever. And that's going to get weird. And then it's going to not be that weird. It's just going to be good too. So just don't worry about it. <clears throat> so I, uh, I, I, I want to, I just want to encourage you today that um, we started with this song, The Father's House. I want to, I want to sing that again um, just as we go this morning. Um, you got something to say? Okay, sure, yeah. Just from, I mean, it's not, you know, hearing Margaret say what she said and, you know, talking about Apostle and Shirley and it's, you know, we know it's not, it's not about them, yet it is about them. I talk about, you don't go into the next glory by wanting to get the next glory. It's by being, or being dissatisfied in where you're at today. Talk about memorial stones. Apostle Ball is one of those, the, the, the moment he was here, men before him. There's so much that Yahweh has seen on this very ground in this place and has blessed it. And we are now a continuation and a part of that. And it's not just from here. There's so much going on. And I, uh, they have, they've blessed and honored us. I had um, guys come up and, and just hand me a $100 bill. I had Bryn, who's one of his, that's the leader of that place, just come up to me. He didn't even really know who I was at the time and just said, I want to pay for your entire trip, um, which I was like, I flew here and um, I got a hotel. Just want to make sure we're clear on that. <clears throat> um, anyways, they, they, have, they have honored us and they, it's going to be fun. It's gonna, we're going to have a party, you know? Like this is the roaring 20s and this is going to be the greatest year of our lives and there's going to be some amazing things. doesn't mean it's going to be the only great year of our lives. It means that this will be one of the greatest memorial stones we have in our lives. When we look back on this year and this house and in our lives, what Yahweh has done in 2020, it is a standard. It will be a standard of our life and from here we can go anywhere. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.